Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest Outdoor experts yap about it? This is the Three Rivers Marine Outdoor Line with Tom Nelson and Joey Pyburn on Seattle Sports. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Duckworth Boats, Roy Robinson RV, Kitsap Marina, Bob's Heating and Air Conditioning, Ray Marine, and Les Schwab Tires. Hello, good morning, and welcome to the best of the Outdoor Line in Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Today, you're going to hear some of our favorite stories and interviews from the Outdoor Line archives. So thanks for tuning in, sit back, and enjoy a very special best of the Outdoor Line in Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Our next guest started with the state of Washington as a temp razor clam tech in 1980. He graduates later this month with 40 <laughs> years of service under his belt to the citizens of the state of Washington as, as the lead shellfish bio on the coast. Dan Ayers joining the show this morning. Good morning, Dan. How are you, my friend? Morning, Dan. Hey, good morning, guys. 40 years. Dude. <laughs> Makes me take a deep breath and think, wow, did that happen? Wow. Well, it's it. You look back at it and it goes pretty fast. But uh, you you've seen some changes in the state. I just, you know, um, talk to us a little bit about you know some of the things you've seen, some of the things that surprised you, and what are the, the most remarkable points of a four decade career for Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife, Dan Ayers? Yeah, you know that's that's a big question, guys. I mean, uh, I'm honored number one that you're taking the time to talk to me this morning, and and honored that I've had the opportunity to do this all these years. You know, I, I grew up in Aberdeen. I was the little kid that got kicked out of bed at 5 in the morning to go dig razor clams with a family that did it all the time. Grandparents that were always on the beach, uh, great-grandparents that were involved in razor clamming. And and if you'd have told me walking out of Aberdeen High School back in, uh, I hate to say it, 74, uh, <laughs> that this is what my life was going to look like, um, I would never have believed you. Um, it's always been a fishery I've had a deep love for and to have had an opportunity to have some influence on it has um has been a pleasure and an honor and um and uh, you know a little hard to close the door on it frankly uh you know i mean some of the highlights uh you know there's there's certainly been challenges i mean this this current closure that that we're going through with uh once again with this marine toxin issue um has has been probably high on that list and, you know, that really didn't come around till 92, so we had a good number of years without having to think about it. And ever since then, life has really changed with a lot more sampling and these sporadic closures that sometimes are long, sometimes are short. Um, you know, that, that's probably been the biggest challenge. But, uh, you know, at the same time, you still have beaches full of happy clam diggers. And, and the fact that we're going to have one beach open tomorrow, or, uh, hey, later yeah. to, uh, today, I'm going to go work with my my techs and uh, and my crew and uh, see some happy clam diggers. I hope. Well, it's got to be cool, Dan, to see such a, a healthy population of clams. You know, like you said, you you were getting out of bed when you were five years old and going and digging clams, and and we forty years later we still have such a healthy pop you know population of clams, and we have all yeah. these folks out there on the beach, and you've had a hand in managing these clams over all these years. It is it is very gratifying to see that, and part of that's the power of the, just the power of the biology of, of razor clams and the and the ocean here that has produced you know such 
strong populations. And I think the best thing we've been able to do is offer opportunity and then get out of the way and let those clams do their thing and uh, not take so many in our digging uh, digging offerings that, that would impact that. And, um, you know, I, I think we've done all together. You know, and then it's just not just me. It's a whole team that does that work has, has been able to make that happen um, and let Mother Nature do what she does so well. Well, well, Dan Ayers joins us today. I, he's going to retire here later this month after four decades uh, in state service, four decades as a, as a wildlife biologist, particularly specializing in in, in the oceanic uh, clam pop, excuse me, ocean beach clam populations. And 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 you know, a lot of people, Dan, don't really understand the reason for the closures and the algae that creates the domoic acid that that causes these issues. And and it's. Is is the algae that 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 collects? Is it is it a temperature driven situation? Do, can you um, can you tell us what influences the abundance of the, of the algae that that eventually biomagnifies in in the razor clam and causes uh, potential paralytic shellfish poisoning? Can you can you kind of put your finger on what's going on with with regard to the influences of that particular algae? Yeah, well, I mean, the, the, the study of harmful algae is a, is a global issue, and people all over the world are studying this issue in, in all kinds of nooks and crannies uh, where it's different species of plankton in different areas. Uh, you know, in Puget Sound, it primarily is a, a plankton species that produces paralytic shellfish poisoning out here. It's actually a different algae species that produces what the Department of Health experts would call, call amnesic shellfish poisoning, or and that, that toxin is demoic acid. And it's pretty self-explanatory. It causes brain damage and in, in fairly light cases could cause permanent amnesia or, or loss of memory. But in higher cases, thankfully, that we've never seen because I think we've protected people from it is, is uh, uh, stroke-like symptoms that lead to death. So because of that, we've got to be so darn careful and, and working closely with our partners at Department of Health all these years and I, I was at a meeting all day Thursday uh, on this issue and sitting next to my colleague at Department of Health. And I mean, he's one of my closest colleagues. He's the guy whose phone number is at the top of my list, uh, top of my head all the time. And we talk and and uh, all the time. And he's an avid clam digger at the same time. But, at the, you know, his job is to protect human health. And my job is to get people out digging and working together. We can make that happen. And. What is it temperature driven? I mean, there's a lot of questions about that. This the big bloom that of this algae that uh, that closed us down this last fall came from Oregon, believe it or not, Central Oregon, blew all the way up here with um, if, with a shift of winds and currents late in the fall. And uh, you know, it is temperature driven. It's driven by somewhat healthy ocean conditions because what makes this algae bloom is what makes the algae that uh, feeds razor clams also bloom. Right, right. So it's kind of a conundrum. Often when you have strong razor clam populations because the ocean's doing well, uh, you'll also get a bloom of this toxin because the ocean's doing well. Uh, hmm. And it's natural. You know, it's not pollution-related. It's just one of those things we've got to deal with. Is so. it a situation that 40 years ago we just didn't have the sampling and we weren't as aware of it or is it an abundance increase in in this algae overall? Well, it it um I, I think it's the the former gotcha. frankly. I, gotcha. I I really believe that it's been here. Right. And that um you know, we've over the years Department of Health has done, done things like look back in hospital records to see if they could see a string of unusual stroke symptoms or, or, or cases or um, trying to find it in the historical record. We looked back at people that brought us canned clams 
when when this first happened in 1992, we asked people to bring any canned clams they had or frozen clams, and people showed up with clams from 1981, you know, and um, they had them tested and found demoic acid in low levels. So that sure. tells me that at least that long back it was here. Well, there's no reason to believe it wasn't. So, so some people yeah. some people drink to forget. Some people eat razor clams to forget, you know? I mean, it's just one of those things. Um, so, well, and, and why are we making such a big deal about razor clams? Because it's this amazing economic driver for our coastal communities. We get a million clam dig trips, in you know, over the course of the year. And that and that's that, – did I see that it's worth – 90 some million dollars to coastal communities all the folks coming out on their clam dig trips it it generates an amazing amount of 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 financial impact to these small communities and you know we hear from those folks all the time I, yesterday when we announced i had almost instantly i was in the southern meeting three emails right away from resort owners of small little businesses on the coast saying thank you thank you thank you yeah oh yeah oh you know and 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 then a lady from a small little little corner grocery store you know same thing and um well if you and, 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 and go ahead if you've ever went out and dug clams on the coast you see you can look yeah. you can look one way down the beach and it's just People. a sea of humanity yeah, yeah. digging clams and you can look the other way and everybody's out on the beach digging clams all those people have to stop at gas stations and restaurants and you know all all that um money is is needed by those those coastal communities you know i, I and i want to say one thing dan so i I dug my first clam about two years ago i'd never went out to the <laughs> coast and, and done it um went out dug my limited clams came home and i was like i've never cleaned one of these little buggers i gotta figure this out and i i googled on i went on youtube and boom, Dan Ayers pops up, and, you and you're yep. you're the way I learned how to clean a clam. Commander and, and clam. clam, yes, exactly. So thank you. Yeah, well, no doubt, and thanks for well. helping how they taste too. Holy smoke, suit. All right. So, what does Dan Ayers, after four decades, what are you going to do during a retirement? And you can't say dig razor clam. You, you can't say that. Okay, well, that's, that was that was first on the list. Uh, you know, you, you sound like my wife. Actually, she keeps asking that question, and she's got a long list that'll keep me busy for a while. But uh, you know, I, I we I, I have always been a, a a big gardener, a vegetable gardener, and we have live on a little bit of land and grow a great big garden every summer. And over the last ten years or so, we've as our daughters have gotten older and and uh, kind of transitioned away from home, we've had to find a home for some of that vegetables that we love to grow. So we started a little farm side, roadside farm stand, and uh, we go to a farmer's market here locally in the summer, and I just love that. It's a little bit like razor clam digging when people come up and say, how do I cook this beet? You know, it's kind of like, how do, you, how do I clean this clam? And it's so fun to teach people and talk to people about how to do that and how to enjoy a fresh stuff out of the, you know, not only out of the ocean, but out of the ground. And uh, uh, that's, it's a little bit the same. And uh, we look, I look forward to doing more of that and not having to do it in such a rush because I need to get back to work. You know, I can take my time and really, really enjoy it. So that's, that's number one on my list. Uh, I like to travel. I've got family members in, in uh, Poland and was an exchange student in Switzerland. I'll go visit those friends. And, uh, you know, my wife's a little younger, so she's still working. So some of that's going to have to be solo or wait for her. But, um, 
I'm sure there'll be, and I'm not dead. I, I, I'm just, I live five miles from our office. I told the guys, you know, I'll, I'll be around. If you need some help, here's my phone number. I'll keep my fingers in it a little bit, but um, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm leaving it in good hands, and I think they're going to do just fine, absolutely just fine, um, with, with, if they just hold the program that we built together and uh, keep moving forward. Dan Ayers, four decades working for WDFW. Truly a public servant, dude, and uh, we can't thank you enough. Thank you for taking your call, taking our, our call today, sir. And 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 don't be a stranger. We we may have to uh, to call on you for some for some technical questions. But uh, I I would I would like to uh, cajole you into the boat one of these days and yes. get our mutual friend Bob Buchanan on board. Uh, and uh, I go, love that. Go, yeah. Let's go wet a line, my friend. It's the least we can do for let's a guy that it. spent four decades working for WDFW. You need to go fishing. Dude. Well, yeah. thank you. I'm Appreciate really, I'm really and- honestly, I'm disappointed that you're a fisherman that's becoming a farmer. Okay, we want to turn that back around. We're going to put, turn you well, back well, towards the water. Well, Dan here, and I talked last night, and and there, nothing goes better with fresh garden veggies than clams and salmon and crab. That's true. This yeah. is this is all true. Amen, yes, sir. There right. we go. All right, that's right. Dan Ayers, God bless you, buddy. Thank you so much, and and, Thanks, and good guys. luck and happy retirement. Thank you very much, Dan. Appreciate it. Congratulations, uh-huh. you you graduated. <laughs> Thank you so much. Right, Thank you so much. Bye-bye. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. You're listening to the best of the outdoor line in Seattle Sports Station Seven Ten and the Seattle Sports app. From the shining shores of Puget Sound to your radio, this is the Outdoor Line on Seattle Sports Station. And we're just kind of talking about our, our summer itinerary, you know, and and uh, getting getting everything going for fishbaronoff.com and, and your rotation up there, and then looking at the rest of June, and that, that, that Father's Day 2023 trip is June 18th through the 21st. I hope you can make it up there with us. Go log on to peregrinelodge.com. That um, that's gonna that's gonna be an amazing amazing trip. But you know that's when things kind of slow down a little bit. You get to catch up on a few things, and it's before the boat show hits and all you know all the stuff hits. You know, I really I try to get everything dialed in and get every, you know everybody's trip set and their itineraries were you know for Sitka and, and um, got an opportunity to talk to Joel Martin. He's still got some spots available there in that fishery too. I, I this is gonna be a special year in Southeast, man. When, when you look at when when you look at all the uh, you look at all the forecasts that we're that we've seen already come out for not just spring Chinook on the Columbia, but also we're starting to see some of the fall numbers, dude. Give me a good one. Should be loaded with Chinook up there. Yeah. Um, last year was a little weird that they just bounced around southeast. I think they just kind of took hit the highway yeah. and scooted down. Um, but I'm, that's got to be a pretty rare occurrence that that happens. You know? It happened. It, it, it's it is bizarre. It happened in twenty. It, it happened in oh eight. Yeah. A, it, it, it was the last time I really remember it happening. Was was it was in oh eight, and they just they just bounced. I remember there were years when my uncle Ron was fishing uh, up there out in Nootka that they just wouldn't come inside. And, yeah. But they'd run out and they'd get them out there on the highway. Whale on yeah. them out there. And and we did kind of that that program up there too. So yeah, no no question about it. We did actually get to go fishing in uh, in over in Rufus Woods. We took off. Uh, just for Christmas, like December nineteenth, and, and rolled uh, over to see our good friend Austin Mosier. Saw a lot of single digits oh, on the, man. On the we, thermometer was, in the it, truck, and he was he was going, "Oh man, it's going to be cold in the morning." So we're all, <sighs> dude. We 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 went to uh, you know we loaded up at uh, 
at, uh, at, at went up to Holiday Sports there in Mount Vernon and got just every one of the biggest monster hand warmers that I could get and using foot warmers and stuff like that. Because, dude, we got out to the trucks in the morning. We were re- you know starting them up and everything. So the first night we, we go there, man, Austin's got to warm up his, uh, his trolling motor to get it to go. Everything's frozen up in the boat. But, man, we... We we landed on them. We got a good batch of good batch of decent triplets that first this, day. This year is again. Last year there were a lot of little fish. This year is one of those years where I've seen now yeah. we've seen some fifteen pounders mm. coming out of there. And which, I think Gogan got one that was probably twelve or thirteen, right? Yeah, it was, it was definitely a, over ten pounds. Yeah, I mean, it was a, a cranker. Yeah. Um, and those wait till you taste that stuff, dude. They, they smoke those triploids. The reason you know, and Kathy's looking at me like I'm nuts, which you know. Is you are correct, yeah. But you know the thing of it is those those fish are at such amazing table fare that that uh, it, it's and and right now you know we're, we're kind of low on the opportunityometer, right? You know, I mean, there's just not a not a ton to do. So so the roll over there is great. So the first day we're set up, and you you and I, we should probably shouldn't say this, but we're we we had it was so cold that. His washdown pump was, you know, wouldn't we? We didn't want to put water in it because it was just going to freeze in the line before you use it. So we actually had to gut the fish in the, <laughs> in the hotel room. <laughs> well, hopefully they're not. Listening they're not listening. Over there I don't think at, they're listening at, to Grand the, Coulee the Lodge. Motel, but um, but we, so we got those, and, and I brought a soft cooler over just to kind of save room in the truck because we had everybody piled in with us. And uh, dude, we got to go out there the next morning, and they are all frozen. I go to start the truck, and my truck starts. Okay. And then it dies. Well, well, normally you let it run for 10 minutes, and it's got a timer will turn off. No, it turned off all on its own. It's making this weird. It got down to minus 5 that night, and my diesel gelled up in that truck, and I had a dead truck. Yeah, so that was the guys a get bummer up, to guys, miss a day on the water. Yeah, and I, so I called Austin. I go, dude, I, I can't fish today, dude. I, you know, I want to go home for Christmas, man. Let me get out of here. And so um, – there, there. We looked. Of course, there's a. I got. I'm a Chevy guy. There's only a Ford dealership in town, and it's just Ford there on um, on on Midway Avenue in Grand Coulee, and we got there just as they were opening up. And they took really good care. They of us. took. They could have told us to take our Chevy and yeah, hit the bricks. Yeah, but exactly. They, they were very generous. They kind of, you know, without those guys, I don't know. We'd we still be had there. To, We'd have had that thing towed away, and you know Austin was going to have to drive us home. Yeah, he was. Yeah. And 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 so the deal is with with Chevy's plan. The closest dealership would have been OMAC. Well, that's not closer for that's us, further right? Away. You know, I didn't want to. That's definitely not was was not going to be an option. So they go. So though we went to the Napa. We called the Napa store in Grand Coulee for a filter because that's the best way to address it is change the fuel filter. And uh, they didn't have one, so Austin had to drive me to Wilbur, Washington, dude. Wilbur, mm-hmm. right? The, and but they had a filter, and then we treated the fuel. In in between the trip, there we we they told us to go park the truck because Austin had to tow me up to the dealership, and it, the truck would start for like forty five seconds, and then it'd kick off. Right? Well, that was enough to get it into the detail shop across the street that would, that, would, that they keep warm. Yeah, they cranked up the heat. to yes. keep it warm in there. And by the time we got back from Wilbur, they could drive it into the dealership and they changed the filter, and we were on. But dude, they Jess Ford took great care of us. If you're ever in that neck of the woods, go in. And uh, tell them they're they're buddies of the Outdoor Line Radio Show, but that that was a bummer because you drive clear over to Grand Coulee, and we had that that second day we had a morning goose hunt planned, 
and uh, you know, and 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 then we're going to go, you know, fish and get a, get a second load of triploids. But uh, we we got home, we we got a decent, you know, we got a few fish to to bring home and run through the smoker. But we it, did we did uh, that after that first day. We got off the water pretty early, um, had some time. So uh, Gogs and me and Austin and Gogan's son and uh, Austin's buddy Brandon, you stayed in the room. Uh, take care of some business, and we. I, they, you made me kitchen kitchen we, gal. Yeah. I was I, I had I had marinated tuna, yes. and I was cooking dinner for you guys. So so yeah. we uh, we jumped in the rig and and took off and hoped we run into a coyote or two, and we got we got pretty lucky, and we actually we saw some chucker, so they let me out of the truck, and I ran up the hill after the chucker, and they all stayed in the truck where the heater was. And uh, the chucker got up, and I dumped one of them. And when I shot <laughs> in the valley below, there's a bunch of private land in off this road. This coyote takes off running. And he just hears the shot, and he's trotting away. Well, they saw the coyote. He ran over the hill. They drove up the road over the hill. Austin was able to get out. And he's running a, a, a suppressor on his rifle, uh, shooting a 6.5 PRC. And so that coyote, he, he's like 350. Austin shoots and shoots right over his back and hits behind him. But the coyote can't hear it with the suppressor. So he just hears something in front of him, yeah. turns, runs all the way back to about 228. Austin dumped him. <laughs> and then Austin and I had to hike all the way down in this valley in the deep snow and get him. But, you know, those winter dogs are like. It was the, a big like one, dude. Big coyote yeah. and like six-inch fur. Yeah. Yeah. You just saved so how we many. Got a, we got you, a bonus coyote. There you go. And you just saved how many mule deer by doing that? Yeah, yeah, and, and then you saw, oh, well, you didn't see, but we, we dropped down that valley. Well, all the mule deer are right down below that right now, yep. wintering out, and there's some, some young mule deer down there. And, yeah, those coyotes, when the snow gets deep like that, they'll run those those young, you know, first-of-the-year right. mule deer down, and, and they'll just they'll, Fort- they'll wipe out the whole crop of them. Fortunately, that, that big, cold, deep-freeze Arctic, blast what kind of dissipated right because i mean all across mule deer country holy smokes i mean there was a minus 20s and minus 30s in montana you know minus double digits in, in eastern washington that is hell on the mule deer anytime That's you brutal. get that anytime you get that snow um and it crusts you know, it'll crust and then those super cold temps those mule deer have to feed you know if they don't if they're not feeding constantly throughout the winter with that cold uh, yeah. It makes it really tough for them to make it through to the spring, and yeah. so I, I don't know. This is going to be a rough one on the mule deer. This, we'll be this rough winter. one on the mule deer. We got a good snowpack though, so now we're we're stacking up a series of good snowpacks, right? You know, which is so very important. And keep your fingers crossed. I mean, we have had just a couple like minor high waters. I'll say the 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 spawning conditions this winter. Man, they've been really good, and there's been a bunch of fish in the you know a bunch of fish putting eggs in the gravel too. Yeah, we didn't have so, like a big blowout. No, we didn't. Like a no, nor- we had a. Sometimes in November one. we'll have a yep. a massive. Well, blowout. don't you remember we're we're hunting geese last year? You know, year before last, rather 2020, 2021, and we had that seventy degree day in the goose blinds where yeah. we had all these freaking eggs in the gravel and stuff, and just freaking you know crushed them but we'll have good natural production this year so we'll see that echo in the forecast and over the next couple of years you're listening to the best of the outdoor line seattle sports station 710 and the seattle sports app welcome to the bomac tech line bomac has all the gear for all your techniques and smi shellfish gear is simply the best bomac we catch big fish welcome to the tech line here in the outdoor line seattle sports station 710 and the seattle sports app so 
our cell phones have become absolutely ubiquitous. We, we use them for news. We use them for communication, obviously. But we also use them for weather. And that's where a lot of boaters can get in trouble because you don't have great, complete cell phone, cell phone coverage on the water, Joey. We left Mia Bay and we just ran, What I mean, I think it's maybe five miles. Yeah. And bloop, bloop, nothing. nothing. Yeah. Nothing. You know, you know the kind of nothing where <laughs> once you get back to Nia Bay, your phone still doesn't have anything for like an hour. Our next guest has a solution to that issue. He's Dan Dickerson, SiriusXM's Director of Marine Aviation Services. Good morning, Mr. Dickerson. How you doing? Morning, Dan. Good morning, guys. How are you? Well, we're, we're better, and, 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 and we feel that, that we're safer on the water with, with weather on the Sirius app, and I can't... I've had a couple occasions where it's I've, I've dodged electrical storms. I've been able to run from other issues, and it's as much as anything else. It's a convenience, but to me, it's it's a vital piece of safety gear on on my boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. You're having a nice mild day out there. I see. I, I turned on my machines this morning, um, and I'm sitting here looking at them. I'm you know I'm looking at a Garmin right now. I got my uh, my weather information up. I'm looking at a Simrad. I got my fishing information up. Uh, and, uh, you know, what I'm looking at is here sitting back here on the East coast, uh, I'm seeing what's going on out there just as easily as you could be seeing it sitting on your boat. Um, and you're right, you know, you, you get six miles offshore, you lose your cell phone coverage. You really need to know what's going on out there. And, you know, you guys, it's interesting looking at it right now. You, winds are five knots, like yep. variable out of the North Northwest right now, but you get offshore, they jump up to 21 knots. Um, so it depends on where you're at. It does. And it's good to have information that can change so quickly. You, you are not a kidding. And, and now, with that weather info, you've also added fish mapping. And last year, because you know we're, we're Raymarine guys and the new Lighthouse 4 software opened up fish mapping to us where we hadn't had it before, identifying areas of upwelling, identifying areas of downwelling, weed lines and everything else that make you, Dan, more efficient on the water. You're going to burn less fuel because you have an idea where you need to be, and it lets you rule out a lot of areas. Tell us a little bit about fish mapping, how it developed, and how it can help offshore anglers do their job better and, and fish more efficiently. Yeah, well, you know, we partnered with this company called Maxar that's provide, been providing information to the commercial fishing industry. They basically have their own satellites. They're looking at ocean. The um, looking at the ocean. They have a team of oceanographers that are studying us, and they were able to simplify the data. And uh, you know, we were able to put it on our satellite broadcast. So if you have a compatible receiver like your your Raymarine Axiom system with the SR two hundred Sirius XM receiver, you know, you can bring that data and it puts it right on your chart plotter on your you can put on your fishing page showing all your bathymetric charts and overlay this information and it, it's interesting you mentioned upwellings and downwellings we call that sea surface height anomaly yep. um, you know surface height changes out there and, and and when it when it starts to go down that's not a very good thing and when it starts to go back up it, it's a really good thing can be for fishing and we're able to show you that crisp and clear on screen um just positive and negative numbers you actually want to look for the negative numbers because that's where we're showing you the sea is bottomed out and it's starting to come back up and bring all those good nutrients and stuff up with it and that's absolutely key and and, and the more it, it's funny because joey and i both do seminars at, at at the seattle boat show for instance and we get a lot of questions about that and i and i, and I want to make people aware of localized upwellings and and their importance and and the fact that that's the oceanographic phen- phenomena 
that, like you mentioned, Dan, brings cold, nutrient-rich waters from the depths to the surface. And so now you're bringing nutrients and to the surface where they experience daylight, they experience warmer temperatures, and it is like opening up the refrigerator. You're going to collect bait fish at that point. But without this technology, you don't know where that's occurring. And and that's why it's so important to me and, 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 and so interesting to look at it because just like you pointed out, you're on the East Coast right now. You can identify fishing areas right now that guys without this technology on the boat that could be on the water right now are unaware of. Right, right. And then, so that was uplongs and downwellings. Another key feature we do is plankton information. And we've really simplified it. We've got what we call plankton fronts. The oceanographers are looking and they're telling us where the plankton are building up. Um, and it's a number scale one to four. And it's just a contour line. It's drawn uh, in green, uh, different shades of green. You want to look for the dark green lines. That's a three or a four. If you can find one of those plankton front lines, uh, that's where there's going to be some bait f- fish activity as well. And that's going to lead to way more dead tuna and <laughs> mahi mahi and, you know, all the, all the things we're out there chasing. And, the, the, you know, if you've ever been offshore 50, 60 miles, you're out there in, kind of in the middle of nowhere. And, you know, a storm, if you don't have something like this, you could have a storm pushing in on you and you don't know. And next thing you know, you're in trouble. And, and with the alert service on this, it's going to let you know, hey, there's a big storm cell moving this way. And, and like you've done before, Tom, you, you can then move around yep. that and just yep. let it kind of go past you or you can run away from it and dude, get off the dude, water. Dude, I had to dodge an electrical storm coming in from mid-channel bank. Yeah. You know, I mean, and especially the springtime, we, we get weather systems that retrograde. Typically our weather comes from – our bad weather comes from the south. Our good weather comes from the north. But every now and then you'll get a system that will retrograde be in the mountains and then come out to the west. And that's where you get weird temperature contrasts, which drive electrical storms. And uh, I got an electrical storm alert and seriously had to run across Puget Sound and watching lightning bolts hit the water. Dan, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be on an aluminum boat with 200 gallons of gas. That's great. You guys, you have a lot more metal boats out there than we do back here on the East Coast. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. That could be scary. And, you know, lightning uh, strike information is a separate layer. You could turn on just that layer and look at it. Um, and, and you as Ray Marine users, uh, it's really cool. You get a little yellow, you know, lightning bolt that shows up on the screen and then it changes color. It, it changes from yellow to gray with its age. And then after 20 minutes, it drops off. So that, that information, if it's a bright yellow, that's two and a half minutes old. If it's gray, that's, you know, 15 minutes old. So you can actually just by watching the color of the lightning strikes, you can see which way that storm is moving. So we've, we've been talking to you for about 10 minutes now. And yeah. we haven't even mentioned tunes. I mean, <laughs> dude, I, I'm I'm telling yeah. you, we Joey and I, we you know, we love yacht rock. Well, I love yacht rock, right? You know, Joey, been Joey, Joey, been forced like to listen it. to yacht rock, you know, some. But you know, we got you know, we got we got some other buddies that like it too. But Tom Petty Radio, all that kind of stuff. Just having that, and and it's and it's cool because as soon as we turn the battery switches on in the boat, boom, there's our serious satellite tunes. I know. I love getting down to the boat in the morning and. Uh, a lot of times I'm there before Tom and I open up the boat, fire everything up. And in, in the, like in July, I get on the boat at like four in the morning sure. sometimes and boom, the music pops on and it just, you know, it gets you, it gets it, you going. It's it like, just makes you feel you comfortable. It's just, it's just another thing 
that that of, of familiarity on your boat that just makes you comfortable, Dan. That that you right. know you, you you turn on the batteries and you know, here's the tunes and and then you yeah, s- you, you start can, your day you on know, board, man. Pick your channel depending on whether you need wake up music or whether you need cre- cruise mu- music or if you're heading back in, uh, you know, with a with full uh, ice boxes, you're going to play your uh, your celebration music. Well, I tell you what, some days they bite on Yacht Rock. Some days you got to go to seven on uh, 70s on seven. You know, they don't they, some some days you got to you got to go to Roadhouse. Right. You, they, they'll bite on only bite on country music. So you got to figure there that out. And, those, you know, those metal boats, they relay that music into the ocean better than, uh, than the ones back here. Too. We've done extensive subwoofer studies on salmon bites, too, Dan. I just want to point that out, too. But but, um, you know, so I'm looking at looking at the website right now. SiriusXM.com. If you go. If you go to subscriptions, you can go down to boats and see what they've got. And as soon as I did that, I also found that you guys have a free trial. Try Sirius yep. XM free. What's that all about? Yeah, well, hey, you know, of course, we want people to we, we want to get you, you know, to try it out and see if you like it or not, as well as, you know, you and I do. Um, so there are free trials, uh, especially fish mapping. You know, that service is up we're at one hundred and twenty five dollars a month if you're looking at the the you know fish mapping information and music and everything um so you need to try it out first make sure you like it before you you shell all that out and we we give you that uh that free trial capability to do that um or if you're just a coastal guy uh you can have two months free of the, of the coastal service if you're not running offshore if you're just fishing in the bays and so forth uh, but still want that tunes and want that weather information you can get two months free trial i'm just i'm, I'm gonna warn you right now that's a gateway drug to be a lifelong serious <laughs> subscriber right now. It. <laughs> <laughs> well it's and, and 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 all joking aside if you don't think having up to the minute weather information on your boat is something that you should pay pay attention to on the safety side you owe it to everybody that steps on your boat to take safety seriously and use all means available. And, and serious weather info is just one way to do that. Dan, thank you for your time this morning. We sincerely appreciate it. And thanks for, thank for what you're doing here because, with I mean, I had no clue that, that this type of fish mapping was was available in addition to everything else was on board. And you guys are doing a great job, and I just I thank you for it, man. Thank you. Well, we're really proud to be able to, you know, offer this service to the fishing community and the boating community. SiriusXM.com slash marine. Go check it out. Stay connected, especially offshore. He's Dan Dickerson. Dan, thank you so much, and, and uh, we'll let you get back to your, your mid-Saturday morning on the East Coast there, buddy. All right. Take care, guys. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, we appreciate Dan. it, man. You're listening to the best of the outdoor line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. No way. Really? Where? It's coming back. The island is sending the ladies. Where'd you get them, man? No way. You, you gotta tell me. I, I, I'm not gonna tell anybody. The ocean turned red. Hey, man, can you tell me where you got them? I'll never put on a life jacket again. Welcome to RoyRobinsonRV.com's Really? Where? Where? RoyRobinsonRV.com will take you anywhere. Really? Time to step up to the number one Winnebago dealer in the entire Pacific Northwest, the all-new Roy Robinson RV Center at Smoky Point. You're going to find a complete selection of Class A's, Class B's, Super C's, travel trailers, fifth wheelers, toilers, pop-ups, campers, and so much more. Go check it out more at RoyRobinsonRV.com. All right. In a little more than two months, we are off for the Lister Trip Father's Day Adventure at Peregrine Lodge. And the very first time I ever went up there, I went up there. And his son, Matthew, and I joined Dave and Jake Wyman. And Dave Wyman is joining us right now. Good morning. 
you old crusty Good linebacker, morning. you. Morning, Dave. <laughs> morning. Only, only you could get me up this early on a Saturday morning, my man. <laughs> and, and that's one of the things that the lodge I didn't get because I was pounding on your door and just, come on, come on, let's go. And you look at me like, it's still dark out. What's the matter with you? you you're not really what you would call a morning person. Is it, would that be fair yeah. to say, Dave Wyman? Well, that is true, and uh, I would say my pers- my personality most closely reflects your son Matt's. I'm, you know, that's so. You know, I'm cranky. Uh, I'm I'm like an old man beyond my age. That that's that's kind of that's me. I'm like an eighty year old. Your your son Matthew is like a sixty year old. Okay. Well, you know, I I, was gonna I, say I don't mind. Year old. so so the first time we went up there though the helicopter ride into the lodge just just a kick in the pants and an amazing location and uh, one of the things i remember about that that first time dave is uh you know the 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 bartenders and the staff did such a great job i think our sons may have been overserved and they may have slept in that that second morning when when we were fishing (laughs) do you remember something about that yeah, they did. They bonded quickly over that, and uh, yeah, <laughs> and I was sort of envious of them. I was like, "Wow, I wish I would have had too much fun and could have stayed, you know, slept later." But no, that place, man, that was that was awesome. I I really that was not something I used to fish with my dad all the time, and me and my brother and my dad used to go. My mom wouldn't fish, but we would go camping and. You know, that was our vacation when I was growing up was that that we would go camping and and fishing. So that's kind of what that reminded me of, man. It was very old fashioned, kind of old school. But I just loved the lodge and the people and everything, just the remoteness. I mean, the the uh, the helicopter ride was really just a cool part of the whole thing. And, uh, yeah, I, I really loved that. So Dave and I got to fish together when when the boys took a nap, right? And and uh, one of the places Matt actually caught a tie, caught a thirty pounder our first day in the lodge, and I'd spotted this structure offshore that was these twin pinnacles, right? And so we headed right back out there. Dave and I did the next day, and 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 so right off the bat, Wyman gets a beautiful like twenty twenty two pounder, and then you know it was it was an odd year. I want to say it was it was. Pro, well, it was a humpy year. It was a humpy year. It, it was probably 2016 though, because they they run they they run every year up there in the Queen Charlotte's, and 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 so sure enough, I, I know it's a salmon, but it's not a big king, and we troll a little bit too close to this pinnacle, and this ling came up and ate Wyman's humpy. Do you remember that, Dave? And and <laughs> we had we had, do you remember that we had to you know, pry Tom, that humpy. I don't I don't understand half the things that you just said. Uh, there was clinical, <laughs> humpy, uh, something else. Uh, yeah. I, do you, do you, you remember the big bottom fish? Time. Do you remember the big bottom fish that came up and ate your humpy? Do you remember that? Okay. And the humpy is the pink Humpy's salmon. Humpy pink salmon, yes. And, and in my Lincod seminar today, I actually have oh, a picture, picture of Dave <laughs> with his, his big Lincod and that pink salmon in, in its mouth. <laughs> are we reaching we're reaching yeah. too far back into your into your memory apparently right so well so, you guys recall like fishing things like i do uh plays from the 2013 season for yes, the Seattle Seahawks. Exactly. So, yeah that's, <laughs> yeah I that's like you, we man. asked matt we asked we asked matt about his tom goes hey matt how how big was that halibut that you caught last year at peregrine 
Matt goes, I don't know. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs> so one of the things, one of the things you do remember, we did discuss this week, Dave, was the deep dropping for halibut, right? The yeah. whole th- cranking up three and four hundred feet, right? I don't, yeah. I don't think that was your favorite part of the trip. No, and well, the thing was, I was getting yelled at by you because I felt no. like I was back at, I felt like I was back at Wooster High School with uh, Joe Max Sellers <laughs> screaming at me, you know, when I was doing up downs or something like that. You're like, come on, mm-hmm. you big baby, work. Yeah, it was. Uh, but man, that was tough reeling that thing up. Man, that was uh, that was a workout right there. But it's well worth it. And I just remember how good that fish was. Oh man, oh, I mean, yeah. I'm not a huge seafood fan, but you know, once I brought home fresh salmon and halibut, like we became, we become huge fans of, uh, of that. So yeah, that's, uh, that was a, that you had to work for that one. That was, that was well, uh, well-deserved. So the cool thing about Peregrine is we fish close to shore and the rocks and the water's calmer, the boats are nicer, but, but we never actually had to go halibut fishing. We're up there early enough in the season where we're motor mooching for these kings, which is slow trolling with just a sinker and, and a cup plug, and the halibut were coming up and eating our cup plugs. I mean, uh, we, we handled we handled easily four dozen halibut in, in our three days. They're just, just fishing for salmon, and so in that way, you get to keep looking for bigger kings, and you don't have to do that 300-foot drop. But uh, one of the things I do remember about our first time up there was nobody wanted to leave, Dave. Nobody yeah. wanted to get on that helicopter. The lodge and the staff and the fishing experience just captivated everybody. Yeah, exactly. It was just such a quaint place. I had gone to another place after that that was sort of, I don't know, I guess I'd describe things like it, it was sort of disco. You know, I mean, it was very uh, kind of fancy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, yeah. And then, like, a lot of the one thing also that I like when you go fishing, like, I want to eventually do everything. I don't want somebody, you know, fixing my line or putting it in right. the water or doing any of that stuff. And it was more of like a do it yourself type of thing. And that's what I wanted. You know, I went, I went to another one that was, you know, very much the opposite. And I kept saying, hey, let us, you know, show me how to do this and, you know, let me do it. And there was really none of that happening. So yeah, I like, I liked that part of it. And uh, just like you said, everybody very down to earth. I remember we had an awesome guy on our boat named Yeti. Yeti. And, uh, well, it was he was very colorful. Favorite. Yeah. Very cool person. <laughs> so yeah, it was, uh, that was a, one of the great experiences I have. And I was talking to my son about it who, Actually, he's getting ready, him and his wife, to have a child, which means, yes, I will be a grandfather. Grandpa, Grandpa Dave. Yeah. yeah. I told my wife Very I like nice. making this joke from my, my dad made this joke a long time ago, but I said, I don't mind being a grandpa, but sleeping with a grandma is kind of disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That goes over very well, by the oh, way. Oh, boy. Yeah, and she yeah. quickly came back with, "Well, how do you think I feel sleeping with the grandpa?" <laughs> so grandpa, we well, you, you know, Dave, it's funny. I I get a fish with lots of former NFL football players and and some current ones, and um, you, you know, you were talking about wanting to actually get involved and in, and do stuff yourself, um, yeah. and and as a guide, a, a former guide, not everybody is coachable. Okay, no. and that's why uh, a lot of times it's hard for the guide to let go and, and let the the client actually do do you know the fishing themselves. But one thing I've found is 
man, there's no more coachable guys than former NFL football players. Like we have them on the boat. I show them what to do. I can tell they're listening. They're everything I say, they're taking it in. And then boom, I have a perfect fisherman aboard. It's (laughs) awesome, man. I love fishing with football players. (laughs) Are you you, here? Are you ready to become a perfect fisherman, Dave Wyman? (laughs) I can hear it. He's he's ready. He's ready. I'll try, man. I'll try. The Father's Day Lister Trip Adventure, June 18th to 21. Join uh, the Outdoor Line crew, Dave Wyman, and, of course, Brock Heward. It's Brock's birthday today, by the way. Oh, so I, I hope you birthday, Brock. Uh, yeah, you sent him some flowers, I'm sure. Um, mm-hmm. Listen, I'd be remiss if we didn't ask you an NFL draft question. I know you guys are going to be covering it soup to nuts here, and it's less than a couple weeks. What are the Hawks going to do with that number five pick, Dave Wyman? Boy, it's the biggest mystery, man. I... You know, I, I the guy that the just was a no-brainer was this kid named Jalen Carter from Georgia, um, an interior defensive lineman who's just really special. But you know, he got in some trouble, and now there are some character concerns. And you know, you know this, Tom, having been on a team. I mean, if you can't get the guy on the field, you know, if he's if this isn't like so important to him, I mean, I I would have done anything to become a pro football player. I mean, since the age I was four years old, I wanted to be a pro football player and that's what you want. And if the guy doesn't have that kind of desire and there is some question about that. So, you know, there are some really good, solid defensive ends. Um, Tyree Wilson, kid named, um, uh, his name's eluding me, kid from Alabama, Will Anderson, so, you know, they, they ha- there are some really good defensive players. They're going to get a really good player there. But I'm just – I don't know. You know, and I'm good friends with John Schneider, and he comes on our show all the time. But this time of year, we don't talk at all, you know. And if we do talk, <laughs> we don't, you know, talk football. So it's going to be really a, a interesting one because this is uh, one of the – well, this is the highest draft choice that the Seahawks have had since Pete and John have been here. So – it's, uh, it's anybody's guess, and they, they really keep it uh, very secret. Pretty big inflection point for the franchise. There's no question about it. they got a chance to make a big move in, in, the, in the NFC West. Dave Wyman, thank you so much. He's the Seahawk color guy, former linebacker, all-around good guy, and really the backbone of afternoons on what used to be 710 Sports ESPN, but now is uh, Seattle Sports. Uh, and, Dave, appreciate you coming on the trip and looking forward to fishing with you again. And, uh yeah. I remember last time when you went home with a whole bunch of halibut, you go, hey, is there an easy halibut recipe like with ketchup or something? And the answer to that was and always will be no. Okay. Oh, no. That was just a joke on my part. I do love ketchup, not with halibut. Okay. okay. All right, Dave Wyman, thanks, thanks for, for joining on, us this morning, buddy. Thanks, Dave. We'll talk to you All soon, right. dude. Appreciate it. Take care. All right. Uh, thank you, bud. You're listening to the best of the outdoor line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app.